0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode four of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Today we're going to be doing our first ever member interview, and so we've got Ronnie Good in the studio with us today. He's going to be talking about a new recovery ministry that our church is going to be starting uh, within the next few weeks. So without further ado, I'll hand it off to our host, Pastor Brett.
1: Hello, friends. Hope you're having a great day. We are having an exciting week with two storms brewing in the Gulf of Mexico. And so we've, looks like we're dodging one. We may have another one to deal with Wednesday. So when you just thought that 2020 could get no crazier, here you go. Buckle up. Uh, today we have Ronnie Good here, one of our church members. And so, uh, Ronnie, what's up? I'm just Working from home, you know, I've been
2: uh, teleworking from work since March almost. Wow. So uh, I've heard some people say it's almost like that movie Groundhog Day, you know, when you're repeating the same thing over and over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you're working from home. That's something you didn't see coming last year, right? that's right, right. yep. So uh, Ronnie's a member here at our church and had an awesome opportunity to share yesterday in our service. It was amazing and powerful uh, just his personal story but also uh, sharing about a new exciting ministry coming up uh, in and through our church and so today you're going to learn about that a new recovery ministry and so uh, to get started Ronnie tell us you uh how long have you you and Kathy been coming to our church I moved down here in t- 2013
2: Okay. And started coming uh, we used to go to First Baptist up in Columbus so I, okay uh, started coming coming here and helping out and then Kathy and the kids moved down, and that was in February. And they came down and uh, officially moved down in June or July.
1: Okay. And you are uh, have new grandbaby last October, right? Yes. That's yeah. your first one.
2: Yes. Well, his oh name, man. Name's Caleb. He lives out with his uh, Mary Catherine, our oldest, and her husband Nate. Out. He's in the Air Force, so they live out in New Mexico right now.
1: Oh wow, that's a small piece away. <laughs> So, uh, Ronnie has three kids, married to Kathy, a faithful church member, uh, served as a deacon in our church, and part of a, uh, our, one of our grow groups here. And so, uh, Ronnie, I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you just share uh, what God has done in your life, you know, uh, as you have faced... All the things that we all have to deal with, facing temptation in this life, and and trying to be a walk with the Lord. So I'm going to give you the opportunity just to testify and, and share what God has done uh, in your life. Kind of what I said yesterday. If, you know, if you knew, I used to come here,
2: you know, to church. I grew up in church all my life, and um, but I I was as I was sharing yesterday, I'm probably one of the biggest hypocrites, or used to be, that you probably ever know. But I'm probably not like. Not unlike a lot of other people, I used to come to church every Sunday, and I was struggling with sin, but I was a and I was afraid mm. of shame and what other people m- might think. So I, I continued to struggle with it. Uh, my biggest issue was our al- Biggest problem with sin was alcohol, and I, over the years I struggled with it, um, and I you know tried different things trying to deal with it and. Mm-hmm. I, all the all kinds of different uh, trying to do it with self-will, self-control, and I, you know, I was telling them, I, I had grown up in the church and I I got baptized at age eleven, and then as a teenager I started drinking at the, in high school at age sixteen, with some you know some guys from college or high school, and at first I was kind of naive, but then I I pretty much. Uh, became well acquainted and started getting in a lot of trouble at home and then I went off to college and progressed along that way and got into more trouble and at, at college and uh, I even you know I even went at, for times when I didn't drink for a whole year or two. Uh, I also at that time went to a counselor because I had to because mm-hmm. the trouble I'd gotten into and, and he told me that I may have some symptoms of al- uh, of being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I used to think alcoholic was the one that had to drink every day. Of course, well, he, he gave some other symptoms that, um, you know, some of the issues I used to deal with, and, and is that, you know, once I started drinking, I couldn't stop, you know, mm-hmm. on a particular time. But anyway, as I got through with college and, and then went off, I got a job up in St. Louis, and I was going further and further away from God. I Kind of like the prodigal son, you could talk about. I mean, I'm I'm my own prodigal. I was uh, up there in St. Louis for a couple years, um, and then I ran into, uh, came back home to Columbus, and ran into my wife uh, who I had known, and God actually used her to save me, mm. to draw me back, and, and um, I literally believe it because we. We started dating, and I moved. Ended up moving back to Columbus within about six months after that. We got married about a, year, I don't know, a little over a year later in nineteen ninety, and that's when God, uh, when I really got convicted of my sins and rededicated my life, and and got baptized again because I thought I might not have done it for the right reasons the first time. Mm-hmm. And I became really close with God. I mean, I was on fire, and I, you know, I was. Couldn't get enough, and was very very involved in church. And then then some other struggles came into my life, and over time, I started you know getting straying away from from God, and eventually I turned back to my old crutch. Mm. Yeah, you know, during that time I actually stayed had didn't drink for over ten years, which you know a lot of that though was self will I think. And got to you know I I I'd, I'd, I'd used the alcohol for as a way to deal with things. And I come yeah. to find it later. It's it's not just that. It's why I was drinking right. that I Coping. had to learn to deal with. But in and during those the time I I went to AA and then I also went to Celebrate Recovery up in Columbus. But I wasn't I at that time I wasn't going for the right reasons. I wasn't going for me because I wanted to for me. I was because um, I had to, mm-hmm. or so I really it was it didn't do a whole lot for me. But th- the drinking uh, affected my jobs, of course. Of course, it all you know normally will affect somebody's jobs, and it affected my family a great deal over the years. I I mentioned yesterday I wasn't a very good husband or a very good dad. In fact, I was. If, at best, I was distant, missing. Um, and one of the things I, I mentioned yesterday, I read a Bible verse that I wanted to read, because this is, you know, I went to church, and faith went church the whole time, but this this uh, verse, is, it's First Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? But do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That verse used to scare me to death because, hmm. yeah. although I I knew I had been baptized, I believed I was saved. I just I knew that you can't continue to go on and live a lifestyle like that and. And it, right there, it says you're not going to not going to be going to heaven. So that that scared me. And there were times, as I mentioned yesterday, I I used to beg beg and ask God to take it away because you know I, I knew I couldn't had trouble stopping and couldn't. I, there was even times in my life when I I even considered suicide, you know. And yeah. I, I asked God to, like I think Elijah did, Elijah did. He asked God to, to at one time he got so depressed, but. I asked God to kill me because if my wife and kids didn't deserve it, you know, I didn't want to. But eventually God continued to work on me and, and I eventually, and I finally came down front at church here, here at Bay St. Louis. And it was like, it was like a ton of bricks, a truckload of bricks just lifted off my shoulders. I, ca- I can't believe the how I felt at that time. Mm, amen. And, it was from the guilt and the shame and and things and and I talked to the preachers that were here and we and, and some got um, some things I needed to work on and others, but and I I approached some guys from church. In fact, one or two I I'm already knew, but I talked to them and said I'm I'm trying to deal with this um, struggle with alcohol. I'm trying to quit. I'm, I'm going to start back at Celebrate Recovery, which is was down at uh, is down at Old Spanish Trail. And that we started they were we were talking about starting a small men's group and uh, that met on Wednesday nights and I said, Well I need y'all to hold me accountable. So that's kind of how we started. This on Wednesday nights they we had an accountability group and some of the guys that were involved were Mark Ward and Nick Laporte and Chris Hansen and some others. And over the next year I went through the you know the Celebrate Recovery Twelve Steps, and and I was able to to um, get a hold of it, or actually God did. Um, mm. And I say today, as of today, I've, I've been clean and sober for over four and a half years. Amen. And that's uh, can be a lot, especially if you're dealing with folks who've dealt with that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, praise God. Thank you. So, uh, Ronnie. Why don't you tell us what the Lord's laid on your heart? You know, uh, we have, I know for a while, uh, recovery type ministry has been on my heart really over the past year because of so many people in our church that we talk to that have these struggles. And then also, we've got a whole uh, many more people who, who aren't even church members from Bay Waveland, the Pass area. Uh, Hancock County residents who come to our church office, come to, you know, call us and are, are always looking for help, looking for uh, community, looking for hope. And so uh, this has been on my heart because we have such a need in our city for a recovery ministry and and knew that you had been working on it. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what God, we feel like God's leading us to do and, and just introduce uh, a new ministry that we're going to start pretty soon. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, as
2: I had gone through the, the Celebrate Recovery program and, and after I was able to, to uh, get a hand, hopefully, kind of get a handle on the things, I I decided, to, and of course, you, when you go through that, you have other things in your life that you want to work on, but I be, I began to help out and become part of a leadership team there and, and for a year or, or more, and, and then... Uh, I started uh looking at some of the materials and some of the um to celebrate recovery where you know they took the 12 steps of aa and then they add, added some bible verses and tried to m- match it to the bible and and i had some of the stuff didn't quite make sense so i so i kind of stepped down and and but the dealing with, and i did that because i thought god could use me to help other people so i'm and it's something that had been on my mind for quite a while, and you know, we've talked about different ministries we could do around here. And, and I got, I just thinking to God, and I'm saying, you know, if you something you want me to do, and I even, I was here doing security. Uh, a couple, I don't know, it's probably been a month or so ago. I was uh, praying. I saw, was saying, God, you know, if this is something you really want me to do, and it's not just me coming up with this. I was saying, I, I need you to let me know. In fact, you know, if you could get to, even the preacher to 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 let me know. And then, as as I probably told you, about three days later, you texted me asking <laughs> me do we want to start a recovery program here. Yeah. yeah,
1: so I, I mean, I kind of look you credit at, that to the Lord answering that prayer, right? Yeah, That's yeah, I, I kind of look Spirit. at that,
2: but because um, I, you know, I didn't want to do this if we were going to start a recovery program. I didn't want it to be. Something about me—it's got to be God yeah. help, because—and that was and one it's, of the,
1: it's a big undertaking too. Oh, I mean, it's a giant, it's a it's a beast. Right. It's going to take everybody.
2: Yeah, I mean, what we're what we're talking about doing is is on Monday nights, is from like six to eight, is to once a week, is to have a recovery program, and I found some other materials uh, from a, a ministry called Recovery in Christ and some others. I, one of the things I, I felt well, of course, when, when I visited AA years ago, they they one thing that bothered me is they always talked about the God of your understanding or the the mm-hmm. God that you, it's like you could come up with your own God or something. And, right. and but celebrate recovery, you know, had more emphasis, but I, I didn't. I felt like it, we needed more. Yeah. So God's Christ is going to be front and center. Amen. I mean, really, He's the one that saved me, helped That's right. me. And I had been talking with some people in our Sunday school class and and about ministries and and we've been talking about it we're we're going to be needing some assistance from church members and other people
1: so, so if, <clears throat> oh, we, you're gonna need some help, so what kind of people would be good candidates to be able to help out with this ministry?
2: well <clears throat> you know folks that have been through recovery or have had a recovery testimony or you know they've they've struggled with sin and and had to been, you know, healed or been, you know, had recovery in it. People who've been through the twelve-step type programs, but most importantly, they got to be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a believer in Christ. We're also going to need some help from people who who can be support because there's, you know, there's other, you know, things yeah. that that support things. One of the issues when we were at Celebrate Recovery is we needed some people to watch kids in a nursery because yeah. you'd you'd had. At times, you had single mothers wanting to come, right. but there wasn't anybody to watch their kids, and we really couldn't, ha- you know, couldn't have them during the during the meeting time. Mm-hmm. So that that was a some, something like that is a big big issue. It, recovery. Most people think about it as dealing with people with drugs, and alcohol, and things, but there's all kinds of issues that people could be dealing with in their life, and and that you can, you know, the lower the Lord. Jesus is the one that helps you recover, mm-hmm. but you know people that deal with drugs and alcohol—that's what a lot of people think of. But there's people that deal with sexual sins, um, pornography, mm-hmm. and adultery. And in fact, going through the the twelve step program for for my alcohol, I've realized that I would previously had to deal with pro, uh, issue with pornography because I'd been exposed back when I was about age twelve. Mm-hmm. So. Other people have issues with adultery and premarital sex and people living together that's not married I mean these are all, God these are all sins against God people holding grudges and they have unforgiveness in their heart that's that was a big issue for me. Mm. I used to store unforgiveness in my heart and that hardened my heart mm. um, there's people that have those issues and then I, I kind of joked yesterday you know gossip there's a lot of folks that deal with gossip. You know, it's one of the more respectable sins. I talk about um, gluttoning. People who have eating issues, eating disorders—either eating too much or not enough. Mm. Um, people gamble. You know, gambling can be these are can be compulsive things that you you develop an obsession or compulsion to, and and God's one that can help you. P- greed and pride and lying. You know, those are all sins that. We need help for.
1: Yeah, I think that sometimes uh, the enemy he he wants to keep us trapped. You know, he wants us to be shackled down. And First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So the enemy wants you to think you know you are the only one that struggles with fill in the blank. Right? That's what Satan wants us to think. Uh, the reality is God's word tells us that there is no temptation that's that's not common to man. God is faithful, and He's not going to let us be tempted beyond our ability. And He'll give us a way of escape. And so this recovery program is going to provide a way of escape for a lot of people that will come to it. And And many may be our church members. Many may not be. Many may drive, you know, an hour, two hours to come to this thing, because especially when they figure out that it's going to be unashamed, gospel-centered, gospel-focused, Jesus all over it. Right, the Bible is going to be our authority. We're, we're not. This is not a self self help right. program. This is going to be, you know, bathed in the blood of Jesus. Absolutely. And and just we want to be unashamed about that because we know that the Lord can help people. He has power that no one else has. And and the power that uh, is available to us by becoming born again believers is that Christ is inside of us and He can help us overcome any temptation as we face it. Uh, so as we get ready to wrap this thing up, uh, Ronnie, you know, feel free to share anything else that's on your heart that, that you'd like to share today. But also, I want to ask you, if somebody is out there listening, maybe they're riding in their car, maybe they're cutting their grass, got their headphones in, listening to this podcast. And by the way, man, it's been awesome to see just in, in a week and a half too since we published the first few episodes how God is already using this to encourage people. Uh, people are already learning how to download these things, learning how to find it on on the app of their choice. And so we're just rejoicing and praising God for him using uh, these efforts. RJ's doing a great job producing it. But if somebody's out there listening to it right now and struggling with any of the said sins that we mentioned, what would you say to them right now to encourage them?
2: Okay. Well... It- <clears throat> Yesterday I was telling some people, you know, that the verses that I was terrified of and scared of. The very next verse is 1 Corinthians six eleven, and it says, "And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God." In fact, this touched me so much. Is my email address is one first Corinthians six nine through eleven dot were because I'm a were. You know, I'm a word. But what I was going to say is, like you were talking about, I mean, the devil, anybody who's struggling with sin, the devil, you know, it talks about him. He's like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. And and he wants us like I think you may have preached before. You know, if we're sheep and struggling, he wants us to, to kick it to get us away from the rest of the the flock and and keep us trapped in our sins and, and uh, struggling. But one of the things I learned by going through the program, it, it, there's a verse, 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then also in James 5, 16 it says therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has a, has great power as it is working. Mm-hmm. And I came to I came to find out that you you have to you got to get it out. You got to confess it and I mean when we when we confess our faith in Jesus, we do it publicly. Yeah. And when you get baptized, you do it publicly. I'm not saying you got to get up in front of the church and say I've done this and this and this, but if you're struggling with something, you you won't believe the relief and the bricks that come off of you when you're actually able to to get it out. Because as long as you got that stuff hidden and buried inside you, that the devil uses that mm-hmm. against you, it makes you think you're not worth anything. Yeah. And that imagine what people will think when you know if they find out or something like that. Yeah. But I would just say you know if you're a member of a church and and you're in a small group, pull somebody aside uh it you know or you know we we started having some guys that would get together on for breakfast and you know they'd do little devotions and and discipleships, but find you two or three folks that you, you know trust and I say trust you know whatever you share has got to be confidential and in fact this recovery program everything's confidential
1: mm-hmm.
2: um 'cause it um you know that's also one of the things that keeps people from coming. Is they're afraid that, you know, something would be, you know, so your people. Are, and rule number one is that you don't. What it stays. What's, what's said here stays here. Yeah. And because uh, you don't, people, you know, they don't share that stuff.
1: Right. Wow. So yeah. Um. There's help available. Absolutely. There's help available and. And the first step is reaching out and knowing you don't have to do this alone. And so that's what we're, that's what our message is today, that there's help in the Lord. There's help uh, through the body of Christ. Uh, you need community. We don't have to overcome these things all on our own. We, we don't have to do it by ourselves. You can't do it by yourself. You need the body of Christ to help you. You need brothers and sisters uh, in the Lord that can love us and walk with us and cry with us and, and pray and fight with us. And as we seek to live in victory over all sin, uh, you know, the law, God's word is a mirror and it shows us of our need of Christ. And so uh, when you come and know the Lord, he saves you all the way and he's changed your eternity. He's, he's adopted you into his kingdom. And then over time you become to look more like Jesus. And so it may not happen the first day. It's a process, and so that's that's what we're all. We are all every single church member at our church is essentially in recovery, right? We're right, all right. Uh, we're being recovered by the Lord, and and we're in the redemption process and being sanctified to become more like Jesus. And so uh, that's something we all can say we have in common, man. We're all just beggars trying to tell other beggars where to find bread, and we found it. In the Lord Jesus, so Ronnie, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you for being just so uh, real and raw, and it's such a blessing. And I think, man, we just we it's such it's so refreshing, and you know that's what we need is men in our nation, men in our churches that stand up and that are honest about things they've struggled with, and 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 that just lay it out there, And, and just to be unashamed of what God has done in our life. And I hope that this will be the spark that starts just one person at a time repenting, getting right with the Lord, entering into a healthy relationship with Him, and then also. With other believers, so man, this is awesome. I hope this will encourage many, many people. Anything else you want to say, yeah.
2: Ryan? well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times we we don't share those kind of things, and that and that may be what caused me to think, you know, what are people going to think? And but to, if I if you realize that so other people are struggling with things and they've been been delivered or been healed, you know, that's encouragement for for each of us because you know it's not church, not a country club; it's a hospital for
1: Amen. So. That's right. We're a lighthouse. Okay. Yeah. lighthouse for all those ships out there searching for refuge as the hurricane swirls around them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh hope you have a great rest of the week. Stay safe. Hopefully, let's see what's going to happen with this Laura storm. She may try to come get close to us, or she may not. Who knows? Uh, but I'm going to pray. If we can, just pray for those people out there who may be struggling. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would use this testimony of our dear brother. God, that wherever people are today... Uh, You would remind them that you have paid the price in full for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And God, we pray that they would just be honest and real about where they are and what they struggle with. And God, that you would use uh, their, their confession to just set them free spiritually. And God, that you would just use them to make disciples of all nations. God, we give you glory. We give you praise today. We thank you for our brother. And pray, God, that you'd bless our listeners as they go with the rest of this week to shine the light of the gospel to those that need to see it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys stay safe, and we'll see you next week.
0: This concludes today's episode of Sword and Spirit. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our future content. You can also check out everything going on at our church through our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, and our website, fbcbsl.org. We've got a newsletter and a calendar on there where you guys can see everything that's going on in our church. That's all for today. Until next time, bye.